So welcome to our leadership series on the sofa with Angie. Today's special guest is Laura Atkinson, who is the head of partner and alliances at SAP UK and Ireland. And she is also the executive sponsor of diversity and inclusion at SAP UK and Ireland. A very warm welcome, Laura. It's a pleasure to have you in our leadership series this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, um, Laura, you've had uh, an impressive uh, 20-year career um, in the tech industry. Um, what prompted you to, uh, to start your career in tech? Well, I will say it wasn't actually a sort of specifically deliberate choice. Uh, I did uh, a degree in international history and politics, for which, bizarrely, the, the main career path was actually um, MI6, would you believe? Uh, but I didn't really want to do that. So um, I applied for a variety of graduate jobs, uh, graduate training schemes, and I got one with um, ICL, which shows how old I am because they don't exist anymore. So uh, that's now Fujitsu. Um, and I just kind of got on that got on that course and I thought well this sounds great I think I'm going to learn loads and you know 25 years uh, later I'm still in IT and I've you know I've really really enjoyed it actually so yeah I'd love to say it was a very purposeful decision but in fact I could have just as easily ended up working for British Airways or Kimberly Clark selling toilet roll um, but uh, but ICL it was and it, it turned out to be a really really brilliant brilliant move actually. Fantastic. And so you spent um, a, a large part of your career at uh, Microsoft prior to uh, moving into um, SAP. So could you tell us a little bit about your, your journey and your career progression at Microsoft? Yes, certainly. So, yes, I was there for 15 years, actually, and, and I loved it. I absolutely loved Microsoft and it was a brilliant company to work for. It still is a brilliant company to work for. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of affection for Microsoft uh, as an organization and I really like kind of what it, what it stands for. Um, and I was really lucky there because I did a real variety of jobs. And in, and in a complete nutshell, if you put all of Microsoft's customers into a massive pyramid with the really big ones at the top and the teeny weeny ones at the bottom, I kind of worked in every single level of that pyramid, either in sales, or sales management or running big systems integrator partners from an alliances perspective or some of the smaller channel partners. So it's fantastic really, because I got a really good opportunity to work my way right up and down the stack and experience all the kind of sell to and sell through motions with all of those different types of customers. And um, most of my sales <clears throat> career there was actually in financial services. So that was my kind of industry uh, specialization. Uh, but it was great, you know, and I and I learned a huge amount from some incredible people. And, um, you know, we were chatting earlier and I was saying to you that actually leaving Microsoft or leaving any place of work after 15 years was a massively emotional decision for me, as well as a kind of a career decision. And it probably took me about two years just to kind of get emotionally ready to leave, you know, from the very first time I thought about it to the time I actually uh, I did actually leave. And um it's been very interesting since because I had two different roles before my current, you know, um, uh, a place of employment at SAP. Um, and, and I stayed there for quite short periods of time. But I think once you've made, taken the leap, you know, out of your big kind of comfort zone, you realise actually it's not that scary uh, and you know you can go to places and it's very very common if you've been somewhere for a long time a lot of recruitment consultants consultants have told me this that you kind of have a couple of hops before you before you find your new place you know so um so that was 
that was really good for me, actually. And it was incredibly good for my career as well and my earnings because I, you know, in the course of those changes, I was much more purposeful in terms of what I wanted to do and what I thought I was worth uh, in the market. Um, and that, that's kind of held me in fantastic stead, you know, to set me up where I am now. Oh, fantastic. And what an amazing career journey through Microsoft and sort of ending up to where you are today. Um, what I want to touch on is, is, um, is just picking up on being purposeful about knowing mm. your value and your worth. And um, still, particularly in the UK, this is um, a, a topic that's still quite taboo uh, about talking about negotiating pay and really mm. in your next promotion. So could you share a little bit about, you know, how you were more purposeful in mm. about knowing your value and your worth um, in your sort of roles? Yeah, for sure. And, and I think it kind of stems back to some really good career advice I had from an American lady that I worked with at, at Microsoft. And um, she said to me, I'm going to do my terrible American accent. Uh, she said, Laura, she says, you've got to play offense with your career. She said, you've got to be on the offense all the time. And I thought, God, do you know, you're absolutely right. Because I think I had a tendency and I think, and I see this in a lot of women, you kind of wait to be asked, you know, like I'm good enough and someone's going to notice that. So I'm just going to kind of wait to be asked um, to apply for that job or see if they kind of notice me for that job. And I think I just got to the stage where I thought, I'm not doing that anymore. And, and so I, I, I kind of went to a couple of people at Microsoft, said, you know what, I can do that job. And these are the reasons why I can do it. And like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're just going to say, well, not right now, or we don't think you're kind of ready now. I mean, that's the worst that's going to happen. And, and, and so I became a lot more um, emboldened, I think, because having asked for a couple of jobs, I got them. I got them. And I thought, that's worked. <laughs> you know, that strategy of me just going in to sit in front of somebody has actually worked. And so when I left um, Microsoft, eventually I went to, well, I went to Gartner for a year, actually, which was, again, an absolutely fantastic experience. But when I left Gartner, I went to another company and you know, they'd headhunted me and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put a really um, bullish sum on the table for what I think I am worth in this job. And um, and sort of with a very, very straight face, you know, he sort of said to me, what are you thinking package wise? And I said, I'm thinking this. And he just went, OK. And I sort of thought, oh, maybe I should have said a bit more. Uh, but, you know, I really was just very, very upfront because, again, I just thought, what's the worst that can happen? Like, what is the worst that can happen? And when I went to SAP, I said to them, you know, I absolutely want this job. I really, really love this job. It's perfect for me, but I'm not moving for less than this. And, and I'm a single mum, so money and income is extremely important to me, right? Um, and I tell them that. I'm really, really transparent with them. I said, I'm not moving for less than this. And they went, okay. Uh, I was like, oh my God, that's worked again. So I think, you know, I, I think I would never have done that in the first 15 years of my career, I would not have had their self-belief or the self-confidence to say, do you know what, I am worth this. That I think is part of the reason why we've got such a gender pay gap issue in this country actually, because women don't feel confident enough to say, I'm worth this. Um, and again, what's the worst that can happen? As long as you're not being ridiculous, uh, but you're being bold, it, it's, not, it's very unlikely to backfire on you in a spectacular way. So I really encourage people now, you know, as you're negotiating your salary, be bold and really say what you think you're worth. And, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's worked for me. And 
And I've sort of taken that same approach at SAP because I've had a couple of jobs in SAP, which have led me to where I am today. And again, I've been really upfront with my manager and really upfront with the MD. By the way, these are my career goals, you know? And, and, and in fact, when I was being interviewed by my regional director for this, for my current role, he said, you know, what do you want to do in five years time? And I just said, your job. And he went, oh, great. I need this person, someone on my slate plan. I said, great, put me down. I did even got the job, yeah? I was like, I'll be on your same plan. <laughs> but, you know, again, you've just got to kind of summon up some bravery and just do it. And, um, and, it's, and, and I do have a lot of sympathy for people that say, oh gosh, you know, that, that feels very, you know, bold because I wouldn't have done it, but I really encourage all the young girls I mentor now, like what is the worst that can happen? You show ambition and you show intent uh, and nine times out of 10, it'll pay off for you. Absolutely. And what brilliant uh, advice as well. And I think this is, um, you know, a, a sort of subject that, you know, is familiar to us all in a sense that, you know, we, we don't feel confident that we should ask for a, a pay rise or we feel that um, our managers will just do the right thing and pay us Indeed. our worth. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. You, you know, we, we, if we don't understand and know our own value, we can't expect others to as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, I think it, as, as you as one would look back on one's career, what are you going to regret more? You're probably going to regret having sat there and just kind of hoped for the best. You are likely to regret a conversation which says, do you know what? I really want to talk to you about this. And I want to talk to you about my conversation. I'd like to talk to you about my career. And I think if you if you do it without a sense of entitlement. Right. And if you do it in the right way you will get the result, you will get a good result a lot of the time. And I, and, you know, I do a bit with um, some of the younger kind of females in the business women's network here at SAP. And we talk quite a lot about actually, how do you, how do you speak up, you know? And, and I think you've got to earn the right to speak up a little bit. You can't just waltz in and start making demands because you've got to have a little bit of personal brand to trade from. But once you've got a bit of personal brand, you must use it to trade on. Otherwise, what have you done all that super hard work for, you know? Um, so I think that's really important. And I think also, it sort of also applies to, I think sometimes women in business situations, and, and I get these questions a lot, you know, of people saying, oh, especially now when we're all on video, right? Like, how do I participate and how do I make impact in meetings where there's a lot of people? And I think, this is quite a female trait and I'm not sort of trying to you know be too stereotypical here but I think uh, but I used to do it myself I would think okay I need to say something now now let me just think about what I'm going to say oh I don't know if that point's gonna will everybody agree with it or I'm not quite you know and I'd be sort of racked with angst in my own brain and before you know it the moment's gone and people have moved on and you've lost your opportunity to say anything uh and, and so now I sort of you know I say to my myself and and to other people nine times out of 10, what's going to come out of your mouth will be the right thing. So think about it for a couple of nanoseconds and then just say it <laughs> uh, and have self-belief that your contribution is just as valid and just as relevant as everybody else's. Uh, and, you know, that's that's hard. Right. I think that's hard, especially in the earlier part of your career. You're a little bit like, oh, is it what? Is it worth it? What I've got to say, you know, is it all these people here with 10 years more experience than me? Surely their opinions are a bit more valid than mine. Um, but they're not. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think there's a there's a lot to be said for the whole self-belief issue is, is kind of underneath all of those things. Um, 
and you know fake it till you make it uh, and just having some good self-belief is is really important absolutely and you've touched on a, a lot of um topics that are, are very close to our hearts on sort of building your personal brand in a, in a virtual environment mm. and you know mentoring as well um how important is it for people to have a mentor in this day and age i I think it's really important, right? And to anybody watching this, I'll say, if you haven't got a mentor, get one, uh, like ASAP, because I found the mentors that I've had in my career to be massively beneficial to me. And, and I've had mentors, different types of mentors for different things at different points in my career. You know, I, I've needed some strong female role models to give me self-belief and confidence and encouragement. And sometimes I've had, you know, male mentors who are a bit more dispassionate about things and can say to me, why are you worrying so much about that? Just think about it like this, this and this. And you kind of say, oh, yeah. Um, and, I've, and I've sought out, I've actively sought out mentors who are very, very different from me. I think there's a, a very easy tendency to want to be mentored or to mentor people who are really, really like you. Um, and that, whereas actually, you know, I've, I've, I've had a huge amount of value from different mentors who have got a very, very different skill set to me and encourage me to look at things through different lenses, you know, and that's all been massively helpful. And, and sometimes you, you just need someone to choose something over with, you know, like in a business context, you just need someone to validate your thinking or to just challenge you a little bit. Um, and, and so they're, they're hugely, hugely important. And I, I mentor, I mentor quite a lot of people in SAP, actually. Um, and I get so much value from it as well in terms of being a mentor, because you get to hear what's on people's minds. And then you can kind of take some of those themes back to the leadership table at SAP. Say, you know what, I think we've got something that we need to try and focus on or address here, or I'm seeing a bit of a gap here, etc. Um, so it's, it's massively fulfilling. And it's not a sign of weakness. And it's not a sign like, oh, there's something wrong. that needs. It's all about, I think, making you your best self right that's that's what mentors help you do and um you know i it's hugely rewarding to do absolutely and i love the sort of being the best version of yourself as mm. well and you know actively seeking input and having that diverse input as well i think is is really important um, and it also, I find, also helps give you the confidence as well when you can talk things over with a mentor, whether it's within your company or external to your company, it gives you almost that sort of permission to then speak up in the next meeting because you've discussed it with somebody and you started to gain that confidence and self-belief, which will stand you in good stead for the rest of your career. Yeah, and I think also, you know, you can you can use those relationships to give you some really practical tips and tricks you know and and I, a little example I mean it sounds really trivial but I was talking to quite a young girl in our business who I sort of informally mentor and she was saying oh I often feel like I've missed the opportunity I'm very hesitant you know in what I say and I was saying to you know you, you, you to have good impact you don't be don't be at all apologetic in your tone you know just say the thing you've got to say she said yes and sometimes I hesitate too much and I miss the moment and I said well all you've got to say is, I'd just like to take us back to something we were talking about five minutes ago and bring up this. She, she was like, I'm writing that down, you know? And, and, and those little things that, you, that are really hard to think of in the moment, you know, if you get some of those really practical 
tips and tricks you can use them every single day and that just builds and builds and builds your confidence you know which is uh which is great what a wonderful way to uh, to close with some practical <laughs> tips and small tweaks that we can make because it really is it's it's not about you know when we're learning and on our journey it's not necessarily making these massive changes mm. it's these small tweaks that we can make to the words we use the body language Absolutely. our own self-belief mm. that can start to have a really big impact in the workplace mm. yes i think so i think so it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank um, you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you very much.